What's up, guys? This is Jared, and you're listening to the Live Well, Lead Well podcast. Hey, guys, uh, you're watching episode nine of the Live Well, Lead Well podcast. Um, Today, we have a good friend of mine. Uh, an awesome guest, super educated, uh, Dr. Sean Jance Van Reisenberg. Did I say that? No, but it's okay. Come on, man. <laughs> I've said it like a million it's, times. It's close. <laughs> He'll, I'll introduce him in a second. Make sure you check out episode eight. Um, that was a solo episode where I covered three steps to establishing yourself as a leader. Um, today we're going to talk about uh, the field of chiropractic medicine. We're going to talk about movement. We're going to talk about common misconceptions, uh, injuries overcoming injuries, all that fun stuff. Um, so make sure you stay tuned. Uh, but, Sean, if you don't mind introducing yourself Not to the wrong. camera and maybe say your name the right way. <laughs> um, so my name is Sean Janssen von Rensburg. Close, but not even, not really. I've even heard that. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm originally from Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, I was born there. We immigrated to the US when I was about 15 or 16 years old. Um, I currently am a chiropractic physician with Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. Um, went to Bowles High School here in Jacksonville, finished high school there, went on to get a football scholarship to Furman University, um, finished with a health and exercise science degree there, and then went on to uh, Life University in Atlanta, Georgia, um, actually on a rugby scholarship to chiropractic school, and then ended back up here in Jacksonville. Nice. So say your last name again. Jansa van Rensburg. So van is like fun, if you end. Fun. Yeah. Jansa. It's actually a normal name in South Africa. Here in America, it's just... Yeah, right, it's like, of course. Yeah. I mean, Jones is normal here. You know, it's like, like Smith in, amongst the okay. upper All right, well, I'll <laughs> practice in my own time. <clears throat> so what got you into... Like, what made you want to become a chiropractor? So my... Um, Degree in college was health and exercise science. Loved studying the mobility aspect of, of people, the movement of people's bodies. Um, so the biomechanical aspect. Um, so I actually had no idea what chiropractic was. And I picked up rugby again at the end of undergrad. And I was playing in a rugby tournament in Charleston. And the rugby coach at Life University, the chiropractic school, um, offered me a rugby scholarship to come play for life. Um, he said it was the most elite kind of rugby program in the U.S. at the time. So I jumped at the opportunity. No idea what chiropractic was. Um, so I went to school, kind of jumped into the program. Um, wasn't really, there were some things that I liked and some things that I didn't like. I kind of stuck to more of the athletic injury side of things and the rehabilitative side of things um, versus the holistic aspect of things. So um Chiropractic is a very splinted profession. Um, I just stuck more with the mobility aspect, biomechanical aspect of it. So what part about the holistic didn't you like? Well, I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of misconception about what um, chiropractors claim and what they, what, what you can and what you can't do. Um, I'm from more of a medical side of things than I am so much from the gray or uh, theoretical side of things. So a lot of chiropractors will kind of, you know, and I'm sure you've had your own experiences, and I'm sure lots of folks have had their own experiences. They kind of get you in there. Um, they do this huge presentation about how 
that's going to help things like digestion and you know all kinds of things that aren't musculoskeletal related and um they give you this huge like sticker shock price values like you're, you're basically you're you're dying you need to come in five days a week you need to get adjusted you need to tell your family you need to tell your friends like this is a life-changing experience yeah and you do this for the rest of your life and by the way you need to pay whatever um so it's it's just different we don't we don't practice like that yeah so kind of like the old school business practices of chiropractic medicine is, is, is what you don't like as much yeah it's kind of like scare tactics like they pressure you into like oh my gosh i'm doing something wrong like yeah. i feel like i need to get in there and you know change my life but it's, it's just not it's not like that yeah i remember um seeing you uh for the first time whenever you had your own business mm-hmm. adjust jacks yes which i have a list so it's hard for me to say that properly <laughs> um i have to really separate the two words but um and I had been, oh, I've been, I've been injured. I feel like my whole life. So I've met so many different chiropractors, and I've never liked one of them, despite maybe respecting them because, of course, yes. they're educated. But I've never liked. I don't like anybody that tells me I can't work out, right. and that I need to give them a bunch of money while I'm not working out. Like yes. that's the last thing you should tell me what to do. Right. And so I remember meeting you and getting adjusted at Recovery Zone, and uh, and you were like, man, you know. Keep coming here. Keep doing cryo if you can, if that's affordable. Uh, keep working out, but if you can, see me next week. And it was like, if I can, suggestions, right. recommendations, instead of like, don't lift more than 20 pounds. Right. Um, hang upside down during the days that you're not with me, and mm-hmm. then need to be adjusted next, fr- like two days from now. Right. And then every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, do you have insurance? Right. Your copay will take care of you. And then I'm right. like... I guess I'll just be broken forever, you know, like, (laughs) um, so those are my experiences, uh, with, with chiropractors and and every time that I refer you, because for the audience, um, obviously I'm biased. Dr. Sean is, is my chiropractor. Um, most of our staff sees him, uh, and a lot of my friends see you now. And, um, you know, most of the people that I would recommend in, in, in Jacksonville, at least come see you now. So, um, but prior to them seeing you, they said the same thing. Like, yes. well, how much is it and how often am I, am I going to need to go? Right. Um, so it's, it's also the thing that you want to try to, you also want to educate patients. So you obviously, people are going to come in for whatever issue they have. And then you want to you isolate that issue and see what the cause is. And then you want to work on that and obviously get them feeling better. But you also want to educate the patient on what is causing that. So there's majority of the things people can do at home, whether it's certain rehabilitative exercises, stretches, um, a lot of myofascial techniques people can do themselves. They just need to know which ones to do, which ones not to do. Um, As far as the working out thing goes, obviously, like I like to promote mobility. Like I want you to move. Um, the whole saying of, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it is very applicable yeah. to the human body itself. So, um, there are probably, depending on the injury, there's certain things you can and you can't do, but for the most part, yes, I want you to keep moving. Yeah. I think we've probably learned that a lot from myself Yes, and all the things that I can. And can Great example. You know. Um, <laughs> you, unlike any other chiropractor, you're leveraging other tools. Um, we, we do Graston. Yep. Um, we do the, the. Hyperi, yep, uh, the Hypervolt. Hypervolt. Um, granted, that wasn't out a couple of years ago, so yes. But like Graston and um, ART, ART stuff yep. like that. Um, so talk about why you do that. And so um, the way that I view the body from a biomechanical aspect is, you know, 
body is basically made up of a system of levers and pulleys. So if you kind of, us as humans, we have very repetitive behaviors and most of them aren't great to our, great for our bodies. So we do a lot of overcompensation with certain muscles and certain joints. Um, so that causes things like bad posture, um, aches and pains, that kind of thing. So obviously the manipulation of the joints is really important. I want to get as much mobility as I can out of a joint. That's what a joint's job is. But the muscles that are attached to that joint have to get worked on too. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're tight or if they've got adhesions in them, they've got to get worked out. And that's where the soft tissue techniques come in. So things like Graston or ART that help break down those adhesions and help lengthen the muscle and loosen the muscle up helps create less tension. Um, the hypervolt is a great tool, which is, it kind of, it just speeds up the process of breaking adhesions, loosening the muscle up. Um, patients love it or hate it. Depends yeah, yeah. on, depends on it's what a love hate thing. It's a love-hate thing. Um, but it's really important to work out those biomechanical compensations. And then you have to reinforce it with the correct rehabilitative exercises to kind of counterbalance what you're doing. So, so um, would you say that most chiropractors focus only on the joints versus... So, and there it is again. It's like, what do most chiropractors focus on? It's different because it's like, you can go to one on this side of the street and then one on this side of the street. This guy's going to barely touch you or wave a wand over your head. And this guy's going to actually do a pretty decent job. So, um, it just, it really depends. But I think majority of chiropractors are, they don't focus so much on the musculoskeletal aspect of things. They focus more on the holistic aspect of things. And they start diving into areas that, you know, frankly, that they shouldn't be in. So, for me, I kind of try to stay in my box of non-surgical musculoskeletal issues. And if I stay in that box, I know that I'm really, really good at utilizing tools that I have that I've, that I've studied for to help people get better. Yeah. And if they don't get better, then luckily I've been afforded the opportunity to work at such a great practice where I have other physicians and surgeons that can handle that issue. Yeah. But from my aspect, chiropractic is such a, it's, it's such a low... Uh, risk high reward form of conservative treatment yeah um, coupled with physical therapy and um, massage and that kind of thing it's just I think the conservative aspect does pay off nice so um, with us uh, or with me you do the Graston technique which is a form of myofascial release yes um, and ASTEM is another form of that. It's just different. What are your feelings on ASTEM? Like, what's the difference? Yeah, it's a it's a great tool too. Um, but basically, both have the same goal. Both are trying to break up adhesions in the muscle. Um, ASTEM does a great job. They it's a different tool. It's a different stroke. Um, but tr- people that are well versed in it do a great job. Same as with Graston. So it's just you're basically trying to accomplish the same goal. You're just utilizing different tools and different strokes. So the ASTEM tool is lighter, kind of, right? Like yep. It's like a plastic it's tool. It's a lighter little a plastic tool. They've got, a, they've got a variety of shapes and different sizes. Um, Grassland's also similar. It's just, it's just got the stainless steel tools. Both have created tools to kind of get into all the nooks and crannies that you want to get into. So they're both very great. And do you know about the... Um, Chad uses this, the rock... Blade? Yes, the rock, rock blade. blade is that just kind of like a stem? It's a Same. plastic tool. Yep. So again, there you've got a bunch of different techniques being created for the same goal. You're trying to break down adhesion or scar tissue within the muscle to allow it to perform, get, improve its range of motion, improve function, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's effective. It's just painful. Yeah, it's not the most pleasant thing in the world. No. You have to think of the end goal. 
Yeah, you just get to enjoy it while I have to think of the end goal. <laughs> yes. But uh, what, so being a chiropractor, what are the most common like issues or injuries you see in, in the clients that see you? So it varies. Um, I do see a lot of active people, a lot of athletes. Um, so as aches, sprains, um, that kind of thing. I also get a lot of people that come in just proactively. They just want to take better care of their bodies, especially in today's age where everyone's trying to take a little bit more control of their health. Um, more people are working out, so they're coming in with more, I got, for me it's biomechanical issues because they're coming in with low back pain or they're coming in with knee pain and um, it's non-surgical. Um, so it's stuff that they're, we just need to, I basically put most people through some sort of movement screen to see where they're compensating, what's tight, what's not, what's weak. Um, and what they can do to improve. So clientele-wise, it's it's a complete spectrum. It's We've got the high school athletes because we cover so many high schools here in Jacksonville. Um, we cover UNF. Um, so as far as there's kind of like an athlete section, then there's kind of like your weekend warriors. Um, see a lot of patients, kind of Medicare patients too. Um, everybody that basically has some sort of non-surgical issue that they want to take care of as far as musculoskeletal goes. And do you think, like, is it more common, like, is neck pain the most common or low back pain or shoulder pain or is it kind of even across the board? Um, I'd probably say low back pain. I, th- I mean, I think there's a statistic that says 85% of Americans will experience some sort of low back pain yeah. in their life. So I think majority of people, whether they come in for neck pain, if I ask them if they've got low back pain, many of them say yes and I've been dealing it with for years. Yeah. Um, so I would say low back pain is probably the most common thing that comes in, but we have all kinds of stuff that comes in. Okay. Um, now we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but what's, since you've begun in this profession, what's like the best success story that you got to be a part of? Yeah. So, um, I was literally a week out of school and there was, uh, so you're in school, they teach you all the things you're like, okay, red flag, be afraid. You're, you're super scared to touch people. Um, so week out of school, uh, a gentleman walks in, he's probably mid forties. And he's coming in with low back pain and he's got radiculopathy into both legs or pain shooting down both legs. And you kind of go through his history and you, you find out that he, he was a derby driver. So he just he crashed a bunch of cars for, for, for his living. You know? <laughs> so basically he got into a bunch of car accidents yeah. all the time. Um, so you have your mechanism of injury kind of like immediately kind of going. He didn't have any other red flags. So he didn't have anything that stuck out. No, no family history of red flags. Um, so you're immediately kind of thinking, okay, let's just lumbar disc issue. Let's see what we can do for the guy. So we started him on the first treatment, did some decompression stuff, um, and some soft tissue work. And, you know, he came back two or three days later and he was like, I feel absolutely fantastic. This is the best I've felt in five or 10 years. So you're thinking, okay, cool. So we're on the right track and he comes back the following week and he just feels absolutely awful. And he, uh, he had um, he just woke up one night and he had a lot of pain couldn't go back to sleep so if you if you have that and you don't have success within the two first two or three treatments you kind of your red flag goes up and you kind of have to think outside of the box a little bit so we sent him for I sent him for a lumbar MRI and the radiologist called me and let me know that the guys had um, kidney cancer and it had metastasized to his spine um, so immediately obviously I sent him to Mayo um, the cool part about it was the oncologist actually wrote me a letter saying that, you know, thank you so much for referring this guy to us um, after three visits. You know, uh, it's been our experience that 
you know, majority of chiropractors probably would have just kept pounding on him for about two or three days a week for five to six weeks or for the rest of their life. And um, so we really appreciate it. The guy's under treatment and he's doing well. So that was kind of a cool, like, it was a sticker shock at first. You're kind of like, oh my gosh, first week out of school and you get this kind of thing. But it was cool. Yeah. It was a new experience. I mean, I think it it speaks a lot to uh, maybe your humility, just knowing, like, maybe I can't fix this guy. He needs an MRI. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, um, and this show isn't like to badmouth the profession of chiropractic medicine by any means, but it probably is in, it would probably be more common at least to see the guy much more. Right. Because it's, first of all, nobody's going to think, does he have cancer? Right. Um, And then, you know, second of all, it's like, we have this mentality, especially as professionals, and I would imagine as a doctor, like, I can fix this person. Right. I'm not sending them for an MRI, at least for a while. Right. Um, because maybe it's maybe it's this or this or this. Let me do another right. screening. Yes. Um, and then just, like, the fact that an oncologist took the time to write you a letter. Oh, it was, it was amazing. It was super humbling. It was, it was a great experience, and I'm glad the guy was doing well um as far as treatment and stuff goes so it was i've, I've kind of caught up with him about a year or so later and he yeah. was doing really really well so and i think people can like uh like with what we do we you know dominantly sell meals for a living and uh it's easy to lose sight of like the long-term effects of eating healthy and that we get to make a huge difference in people's lives just yes. by providing like healthy meals and that's something that i have to remind myself of all the time but like for you man i mean like um you know you save that guy's. You help save that guy's life. You know yeah. what I mean? Potentially, right. if the right. cancer would have spread and stuff like that. So it's like, right. as a chiropractor, you got to save someone's life, not just put them back on the, the track to run again. Right. So that's that's incredible, man. But I think you said it right too. It's just I think everybody, no matter what you're in, if you just if you know what your limitations are, and you just if it's outside of that, then just put it on to someone who is in that. That's, yeah. that's what they're the best at then send them on their way to that person. Yeah. Like you do what you do really well. And if it's anything outside of that, then just kind of refer them to that person. Yeah. That's, I think that's something that, um, can speak a lot to like the, the personal training profession. Yes. Because, uh, there's a lot of really educated trainers out there and I know a handful of them. Yep. Um, but being a trainer, you're just like in this realm of, you could potentially be helping someone rehab. You could, you know, make recommendations that a chiropractor should be making. Yes. And so as a trainer, we have, uh, you know, in my experiences, you know, I used to be a trainer, we would have a plethora of clients. And the first place they typically want to go to is to, is to a trainer. Cause when you go to a trainer, it's like a trainer is not a doctor. So you're not really admitting just yet that you need a doctor's help. Right. So most trainers are going to try to fix somebody. And a lot of times they end up trying to offer help way outside of their spectrum. Yes. Right. So like, for example, if you're not a physical therapist, right. And somebody comes to you post stroke, right. Send them to a physical therapist, get them approved to see a train. But what tra- most trainers do in my experience is I can help you. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Let me Google this tonight and I'll yeah. see you tomorrow. You right. know what I mean? And so, um, it's a, uh, so that's a message for trainers. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So do what you're really good at. Yeah. And if you're not, then kind of focus on your box. Yeah. And right. Again, just like in my experience, you know, I've had, um, you know, I've managed health clubs and I've had certain trainers that are great at the rehab component. Maybe they're corrective exercise specialists and they're just super good at it. Um, then you've got the guys or girls that are great with weight loss, but then they'll get thrown to them a client that's a rehab client and they're trying right. to work with this person and it's like 
just give that client to somebody else. Right. They will eventually return the favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay in your stay in your lane. Right. Sort of the- and with that being said, I refer a majority of my patients to physical therapists because physical therapists, I mean, they they're really good at what they do. Yeah. It's like so. I mean, just stick in your box. And you're good to go. Yeah, it's a benefit to the patient, benefit to the person that you're working with. Absolutely, and this it's kind of funny. My next question is uh, about nutrition. Yeah. Which um, so, but how much do you think nutrition ties into people's ability to recover from the things that you're helping them work on? Oh, I, I mean, it's regardless. Nutrition is so important, and different people have different nutritional needs depending on what you do if you're you know if you're a person who works from like seven to seven like you you have different nutritional needs if you're an athlete you have a nutritional different nutritional need so when i get those questions in clinic it's more of like yes i re-emphasize that nutrition is very important it's not my area of expertise um but i'll gladly refer you you know come see you all come see dietitians of palm valley like get to people that actually do this for a living that have that knowledge and they'll be able to give you the most important advice but yes, it's, I mean, it's basically what you're putting into your body is helping you recover. So are you ever in a position like when you're working with a client that simply like they would get better if they lost weight? Like, do you ever have to talk about that? Like, yes. Um, obviously if you're, if you're overweight, it's got a lot more effect on your joints. It's, it's physics. It yeah. is what it is. Um, and once you kind of have those conversations with people and you kind of encourage them and you just show them what the benefits could be, most people are on board to kind of do whatever they need to do. You can tell from the very first consultation with a patient if they're determined to get better. And if you have that kind of patient that walks into your room, they're usually doing whatever they need to do to get better. Um, so usually whenever I give out certain stretches or exercises and, you know, a week later, you can kind of tell if someone's been doing them or yeah. not been doing them. Um, so overweight patients, um, once you kind of point that out and say that, well, this could help with this, I'm um, not only just whether it's low back issues or whatever, but overall health, um, knee issues, hip issues. Yeah. It's people usually kind of, if they're serious about it, they, they work on it. Yeah. And I read, it's been a long time since I've read this information so i'm i'm probably a little wrong but it said that um every pound of weight that you carry is like 10 pounds of pressure with gravity applied like to your joints for example so like if you're 30 pounds overweight and you lose five pounds uh off of your weight Mm -hmm. you've potentially lost up to 50 pounds of pressure on your joints you know anything about that? So the the one that I know that's sim- that's similar to that is for anterior head posture, so for anterior head lean. So if, if you look at someone's someone's posture from a lateral aspect, so from the side, for every inch their head moves forward or anterior, it's an extra ten pounds of weight that's kind of exerted on your lower cervical spine. Um, so if you if that kind of continues over your life, it kind of snowballs out of it kind of just snowball effect, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and people kind of do that kind of hunched over yeah. forward leaning posture um but i haven't heard the other one that's pretty it's like having a backpack on like if you're doing this it's almost like adding 20 to 30 pounds right just on your spine yes all the time all the time so wow. that's why you, you see most of those people all their muscles on the back part of their neck are so so tight like the trapezius levator scapula all those muscles are super super tight they've usually i mean as they age like if 50, 60, 70 years old, they usually start getting numbers tingling in their hands because that cervical cord just, it just gets narrower and narrower and narrower because their head just leads forward, more forward, more forward. Wow. Yeah, that's something we did the, uh, what was the, what's the analysis called that we did at Tighten Up Fitness? 
Oh, the uh, posture analysis? Yeah, the, the 3D posture analysis and mine. Was- I had like a one inch head tilt, I think. Yeah. Uh, Laney had like a, I think one and a half inch. Yeah. Um, every, I don't think anybody were, didn't have. No, and it's majority of people. There was actually, there was one lady who was, she was 34 weeks pregnant. So, which is pretty interesting though, because she has all that extra weight. So she was actually leaning back. But she was the only one who didn't have anterior head posture. Wow. Um, but most of us are guilty of it because today's behavior, we're all doing this. We're all doing this. I mean, so we're all guilty of it, the way that we drive. Yeah. Um, so it's just doing something proactive to kind of counterbalance that behavior. Yeah, we bought the... the oh, that brace? The braces for our, our torso, you know? And like, yeah. I've even been like trying to work and like resetting, you know? <laughs> trying to create like an arch in my back with like my head up, you know? Yeah. Feel taller. Well, also, once you make people aware of it, they're more likely to actually work on it. Yeah, I, I try to do it to myself when I'm driving the car. I just kind of try to keep my head against the headrest. Yeah, because I'll like myself little, like little this little driving, you know, and I'm like, what am I doing to my body <laughs> I'm now? Gangster lean. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> I change it up. Um, so, what uh, what are two to three? And this is probably a funny question, but what are two to three things, uh, or just a few things that people can do? to avoid seeing you as often. I think probably we, for just the way we walk and the way we sleep and the way we sit and work out, we need to see chiropractic people, you know, yeah. chiropractor regularly, but what can people do to see you less? So things that people can do are, one is first recognize if you've got any type of postural issues and that basically you can just kind of take a look in the mirror and see if you're kind of leaning one way, leaning the other. If you see if your shoulders are kind of hunching forward, and then do some research on that. Most people are going to have that kind of anterior head posture. So what are some exercises that you can do to counterbalance that? Um, if you've got low back pain, Google the psoas muscle and find out how that ties into low back pain and how you can stretch it. Um, basically just doing things on a proactive basis to where you are creating movement and you're not doing the same repetitive behavior over again. So if you're a surgeon and you're in the same position all day, every day, like you have to think about what you're doing to your body on one side versus the other. Or if you're an accountant or if you're a secretary and you grab the phone and you're on the phone like this all day and you're typing, like all that has an effect because you're doing it for multiple hours every single day. Um, So one, recognizing what you're doing biomechanically with your body and then how you can correct it. Um, But the whole thing, I, I, I like to create mobility. So I want people to move. Don't be a couch potato. Yeah. And that's like for me, um, I've seen just in the past week because for the last six weeks I've been doing rehab, mm-hmm. um, which basically means going to the gym and like doing cat cow stretches and <laughs> body weight glute bridges and like lateral banded <laughs> walks and just like, you know. Right. Um, and it, I wasn't getting much better. Like I wasn't in pain anymore, but my neck was kind of bothering me still, but like I wasn't feeling better. Yeah. And then a week ago we decided you know, that I can start working out again. And like in just a week, like I, because of movement, like yeah. I just feel better. Right. I feel stronger. But you also put in six weeks of really concentrated work in the areas you were weak in. So then going back into your regular routine, probably it was a, it was a good thing. It was, you were, you were ready for that. Yeah. But you're such, you are one of the few people that is very proactive in what you do you're very well versed you're very educated in body movement and biomechanics so you're i mean you're kind of a special case thank so. you that's what they always say yeah, yeah. But 
Nice. Well, Sean, thanks for being on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We hope this adds value to you if you're interested in your own movement, um, in recovery. If you're even interested in becoming a chiropractor, we hope that this helps um, encourage you to do so and to do it the right way. Um, Sean, do you have any last comments or anything for the viewers? No, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate being on the show. Um, yeah. Awesome. And if you want to find him, um, right after this, there's going to be a clip on the page. We're going to put Sean's Instagram and Facebook on there if you want to find him there. Or you can look him up on Southeast Orthopedic website if you'd like to visit him. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys for episode 10. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Live Well, Lead Well podcast today. I hope that the show has served you in some way. And if you enjoyed it, please make sure to leave a comment, uh, click the button to subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with some of your friends that you think it might help. Until next time, have an awesome day.